Hey, this is Adam. We have a great show with actress Kathleen Wilhoyt from Roadhouse and ER and Dean Cameron from Rockula and Summer School and tons of other stuff. They talk about what it's really like to be an actor in Hollywood. The cool thing about this interview is that they're super, super candid, super honest, very funny. It's a really interesting story for both of them. Also, check out older episodes if you like interviews or reviews. Uh, if you need advice, I would check out anything with Nico. is very funny, of course. There's uh, an interview I did with a guy who claims that he directed The Room. That's also pretty fascinating. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I, I think you will. You will. You will enjoy it. If you don't, get your money back. <laughs> All right. This is Adam Spiegelman's Proudly Resents. My name is Spiegelman, to say it correctly. Instead uh, of... Smith? Smith. <laughs> Spiegelman. People say it wrong all the time. Spiegelman. Dean Cameron and Kathleen Wilhoyt. Hello. We're here. You guys have been in 100 films, a lot of them with the word school in it, right? <laughs> yes, Ski school. exactly. School. Yeah. Private school. Private school and summer school. Ski school, one and two. You did summer school? Yeah, it's my big movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dean. Sorry. <laughs> That's it. He's leaving. Mm, I'm out of here. <laughs> Wait a second. Were we living together when you did no, summer school? No, this was after after I made your career. You made my career. How did you make Kathleen? I career? had I was the golden roommate for a while. I had uh, the Midas roommate. The Midas roommate. I yeah. Had, uh, Anthony Edwards, uh -huh. Ali Sheedy, Eric Stoltz, Kathleen Wilhoy. Who else were my roommates? Will you please move into my house now? <laughs> I need to move into my house. <laughs> no, but they all, house. while I was working at the Chinese theater, they were all off doing movies and TV. You know? Hi. You were a good sport about it, I was though. a good sport You were just, like, biding your time? like. Yeah, well, there was a point. I remember there was a day. I think you had, we had both read for uh, the the high school musical show. Oh, yeah. And what was... they had made an offer on you, and you were going to turn it down. And I remember sitting in my car going, okay. I can be really bitter about all this or happy for everyone. And I decided to be happy for everyone. That's good. Yeah. It was good. I thought, like a big I, turning point for you. The idea was, it's that close. It can happen to me. Right. Is there any point when that's happening, when everyone's jumping off and leaving your apartment to go on somewhere else where you're just like, forget it? Or you're just like, it can happen for them, it can happen for me. It, it was, a, if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was tough, though, working at the Chinese theater with my stupid red tunic and my white <laughs> gloves. And, did they made you wear that whole outfit? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the white gloves were actually my idea. Oh, really? It came back to bite me. Yeah. What, what was but the I was idea behind that? That, you know, we're they offering were really place. good surface, service and, and high class and movies. And is it the Chinese freaking theater? Right. Can we say? What, can we swear on this? Yeah. I remember oh, you, yeah. you did a thing. Whoa, whoa. not that one. <laughs> oh, sorry. No. Oh, I remember you did a thing. You talked about how at some theater they were, people were stealing purses off of the chairs. Yeah, yeah. And that you guys prided yourself in that that didn't happen as much in your theater. As much. <laughs> as much. You had zero purses stolen since. I, I don't know. Yeah, since yesterday. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't remember that. Here's but. a question, though. Did you get to know the street people that uh, wait out front of the theater? Yeah, there was a guy. The first, now all the, all uh, in front of the Chinese, there's hundreds of people dressing up like characters, begging for money. At, right. When I worked there in 1981 and 82, there was this one guy, Cowboy Curtis, who was crazy, and he would he wore a black cowboy outfit and he would stand still, and then he would jump and scare everyone. You know, they'd crowd around. Going, is it real or is he plastic? And he would always sort of drift up onto the forecourt. That's where all the hand and footprints are, and mm -hmm. you have to say, "Don't." get on there. Right, they're not allowed on Not there. allowed on there because if they someone falls down, they sue the, and, you know, there's no reason for someone to own the Chinese theater, right? Oh, right. Than, than. 
So <laughs> we used to have to make him move off. And so I got to know Cowboy Curtis. Well, did you have to do your friends' movies? Did you have to usher your friends' films? Well, no. Fortunately, no. But I did meet Malcolm. You know Malcolm Denar? Uh-uh. Malcolm Denar? No. He, uh, actor our age, he was in a movie called Lords of Discipline that I had seen, gone to a screening of. And then he was in Flashdance, and he was in Christine, right? So he showed up one day because he wanted to see the preview for Lords of, or Flashdance. He wanted to see the preview for Flashdance. And as he was leaving, I said, hey, um, I saw Lords of Discipline. And he said, oh, yeah. And I said, it's, it's not very good. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it wasn't. I'd read the book, and I, was, I really liked the book. And he, and he looked at me like, what do you know, usher boy? And so about, <laughs> about a year later, I'm in an audition, and he goes, hey, you used to work at the Chinese, you work at the Chinese theater? And he goes, you were right about Lords of Discipline. It wasn't very good. I'm like, yeah, I know. And we've been sort of friends ever since. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Because yeah. yeah. I always feel like when people offer up their opinions, I've only done, uh, I won't use the S-H-I word, but I've only done terrible movies. Tea. I've only done terrible movies, and so yeah, Angel Heart was horrible. Yeah, I had <laughs> a lot like of great films. I well, okay, I've done I've done a lot of terrible movies. You've done and a when lot people of things, make though. me responsible for them, yeah, like, no, you know, exactly. like I chose it. It's like I'm happy to work, dude. No, I always get like people busting me for ski school and ski yeah, school like, too, and I said, hey, I paid rent for a year. You watched it. <laughs> <laughs> you sat down and spent an hour and a half of your life and watched it, or maybe spent money on it. Who's the Who's the loser? Yeah, that's true. I don't. I can't think that fast. I would just get like. It took me. Me- it took me many years to come up with that. Yeah, but what? Yeah, what is that theory when people get mad at you for making a bad film? I believe it is because people hate celebrities, and since we're sort of among the public, they can take it out on us. Which is why I feel like the middle celebrity, it tends to be like the biggest nightmare because you yeah. get kicked around so hard right. that when you finally get just a tiny bit of power, you turn into a freaking beast. That's yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. You know, either you become like you and I who've just been like slammed with humble blows <laughs> <laughs> or you turn into like just like I I've, I do a podcast, suckthejoy.com plug. No, it's a great podcast. Thank you. But I do a podcast and I find that the middle uh level uh celebrity they get like whoa whoa whoa," and i'm like hey it's not barbara walters we're not going to be giving you hard-hitting questions like you know we're just chit-chatting you know i don't know do you you find that with your podcast with the middle level celebrities versus maybe the high celebrities like what do you mean in terms of what in terms bringing them on the show like they get like hey like they think first of all they think it's live which are you live no no okay our show is not live no so if you say something that you don't like right we tape over it you know it's right right we'll cut problem. it up it's not a big deal yeah but they you know i just feel like there's a lot I'll of say resistance i'm working on a on a talk show now and so i know your husband would produce shows and there's a guy that's forced on us by the network and we didn't want him but fine we'll do him he won't do a pre-interview oh. which is what you're supposed <laughs> every you have to do you have to do talk and shows it, right and his publicist said uh you know, he, he doesn't need, right? He'll just go in. I was like, well, you know, and I started listing not just big celebrities, but big comedians that have come on and done pre-interviews. Right. And they're like, no, he's not going to do it. And that is just ridiculous because he's not even a big star. And, and a big star would do it. And the question always was like, Oprah will do a pre-interview. 
Tom Cruise will do right. a great interview. I don't understand why you won't do it. Just makes you look good. It does, because yeah. then the, the people can ask you the right questions. Otherwise, the, the conversation right. tends to meander. My husband used to do, you know, he produces talk shows. And uh. what also happens if they don't refuse to do a pre-interview, um, then the producer, the segment producer, is the guy who takes the hit. Right. They get like, wow, that that interview stunk. You know, and it's right. like, I tried. <laughs> you guys wouldn't let me do a pre-interview. But you then know? you can also ask anything you want. Because there's That's nothing, right. you're like, well, you didn't tell me not to ask that, right, right. so I'll ask about it. Yeah. Wow. The first question being, why wouldn't you do a pre-interview? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm dying to do that. I really want I'm going to make it all about me, even right. though it's really not about me, but I totally want to make the whole thing about, what, what, do you, what were you doing last week? That was so important. We're going to define showbiz terms today. Here's one, pre-interview. <laughs> <laughs> How was I, your, your pre-interview for Johnny Carson? What was that like? Good. I was so out of my mind in the 80s. I have to tell you that um, I didn't understand the process. I didn't really understand what I was on. Uh. I knew that it was Johnny Carson. I just assumed it was chit chat and that, you know, it always seemed like I didn't even know there was a Mm pre-interview. To me, I went into this woman's office and was just like, and then blah, blah, me, me, blah, blah, blah. I just talked about myself. I didn't know it. And she was taking notes, but I didn't even understand that that was the process. Uh So my pre-interview, the first time I was on Johnny Carson was um, fantastic. I I felt like I got along so Uh well with the woman. And then I got on Johnny Carson. He asked all the right questions and I nailed it. (laughs) And I did such a good job and patting myself on the back because the second appearance on Johnny Carson uh, they didn't think I needed a Ooh, pre-interview. Oh, oh, boy. And so I went on the show and tried to steer the conversation back towards my first interview with him, which is a natural thing if you were seeing somebody for the second time right. that you had met. You'd say, oh, remember, I'm the guy that... Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand that it's essentially entertainment, it's comedy, Disposable. it's a routine. Yeah. I didn't. I had no concept of that, and I was never asked back. I bombed the second <laughs> time I was on. I was terrible. Um, but the first time I was on, I nailed it. Right, I remember I, seeing. I didn't know you were on the second time. I probably you didn't, didn't tell, tell anybody. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone. I was I was terribly ashamed. And then you know, once you know, I married my husband, who's in the talk show business. I have like I cringe sometimes when I think about my second appearance on Johnny Carson. What a missed opportunity! I just didn't know. Yeah, 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 it wasn't your fault. Just like when I went in to meet my agents, I had gotten a movie, private school, and I I didn't know they were looking at me to see if they wanted to sign me. Oh, I went in that office and told them what type of movies I wanted to be in and how I envisioned my career. And if you want to climb aboard, you might as well. You know, this is how I approach it. I could not do that today because now I know. Now I know they're picking you. But they but signed works. you though, right? Yeah. Immediately. But I can't, you you can't pretend. Yeah, you can't pretend that stuff. You have you to. Can't, exactly. Yeah. Same with the record deal. I got a record deal in the 80s too. I told them what kind of music I wanted to right. do. Uh-huh. Signed. Right now, you know, then when I wanted a record deal, I couldn't. There's can't, no can't forget it. You can't walk in and just say this is what because you know you're full of shit now. Well, yeah, I just understand the business. I uh-huh. understand, you know. I, I guess I got dropped off my second label deal when I was 32, and I and they said it's going to be very difficult to get another label deal. Nah, who cares? I hated that fucking uh, stupid label. But I haven't gotten signed right. since, you know. So it's been a few years. <laughs> so 32. So it's like five years. Five years. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, but tell. you just can't. You can't. 
you know, I was just so naive and full of chutzpah. Yeah, but that worked. For no, you. the ignorance is bliss. Ignorance I was, is. I was bliss. talking to Matt Adler about that. If we, if you knew how impossible it was back thirty-five years ago, I would not have done this. Oh, really? No, no. If I knew, if I had any idea, and I look at, at kids now coming out, and I think it's even more impossible. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's not because I think, I think they yeah, have the, more opportunities. More opportunities yeah. well, That's what I see. But yeah, because I always say, and I was going to talk to you about this, is you just need, you know, a thousand people to give you 50 bucks a year and you can make a nice middle class living, right? right. Oh, and you yeah. can get that on YouTube uh, 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 easier yeah. than in 1980 sending out newsletters or something. You know what, I mean? a, what did you guys do to get, to get noticed in the 80s? Like, did you send out headshots every week to... That's what you're supposed to do, right? Every week, put no, headshots in envelopes. We got pretty lucky. We we had good management, and, you know, you, you sort of right out of the gate hit pretty Yeah, how did private school come about? I was down in L.A. three weeks, and... Um, <laughs> this is how it works. <laughs> I dated a... I had a boyfriend who was a professional actor, and he had a manager, and the manager called me because he had heard that they needed a comedian to play 16. I mm-hmm. was I was 18. I had red hair, freckles. I smoked cigarettes, and I had a, like a little bit of a husky voice. I wore jeans all the time, and I believe that I was a type. I uh-huh. believe, like, you're not going to get a better sexless best friend than me. <laughs> Tomboy, hey, you know, I was like that guy. Freckles, red hair, and... Uh, I went in to uh, to a, I went to a party. They had already cast the film. The girl that played the part I was up for, I guess, had dropped out for some reason. And uh, I went in to a bedroom and just Meryl Streep, by the re- way. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, she, oh, wow, that's so weird. Little nun, little nun, Hollywood. <laughs> Again, ne- I just assumed I got the part. And I went into the bedroom and read the script. They laughed, ha ha, and then started work on a Monday. That was on a Friday. Wow. And so, again, I had no idea how lucky I was. I was so lucky. But I also think you do yourself a favor. I had a friend whose last name was really Italian, and he looked really Irish, Hmm. uh, red hair and blue eyes. And I felt like you either change the last name or dye your hair black and just, yeah. I mean, just in terms of breaking in, you've got to be a something. Like right. when you broke in, Dean, yeah, funny you, were best friend. S- you were funny best friends, but you were also really handsome. You had like this thick mane of black hair and you were like a handsome guy. <laughs> no, you were. And, Wistful look. But, but you awful. were you were not uh, that typical American boy looking guy. Offbeat leading man. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was? Yeah. The breakdown? Offbeat yeah, well, man. at first it was funny. The, the idea was initially... Well, you'll be funny friend, and then parlay that into offbeat leading man, which I did. And then I think you did that well. Wall. Yeah. What do you think moved you off of best friend? Was it Some, summer school? Summer school. Summer school. I still owe work I get now to summer school. Yeah, just totally summer school did it. Are you friends with the producers, the writers, directors? Other the people actors? who did Seinfeld that I'm not ever never did. No. <laughs> did you, you never got called in for no. Seinfeld. No. And well, you know my recurring role on Mark Harmon's show, NCIS, right? <laughs> <laughs> the show's been on eight years, and you've been on how many times? I don't think any. No. Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, wait a minute. Mark. No. But I did cheers because Kirstie Alley had me. Oh. Oh, boy. Ah. <laughs> no, I was never on cheers. <laughs> oh, shoot. I read for the part of Woody, though. Went well, waiting to hear. Wait. Wait. <laughs> did you really read for yeah, Woody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, this guy uh, who's, you know Woody Harrelson, the story is that he was an understudy for Biloxi Blues, and they were in L.A., and he read for Woody. Wow. Yeah. Oh, really? 
really? If you look at the original, the book, uh, the original cast, he's understudy. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, everyone we know was in Biloxi Blues. Yeah, exactly. It seems like that oh, was yeah? the big. In fact, I posted something on my Facebook, which I friend everybody. If you want to be my friend, go for it. Um, unless you're crazy. Um, and, <laughs> no, um, if you're crazy, definitely. <laughs> but I posted something about theater, and it just seemed like everybody, oh, it was for Actors' Equity. They were thanking act- Actors' Equity for the, and talked about when they got their hmm. equity card. So many of my Facebook friends got their card through Biloxi, Biloxi Blues, Blues awesome. various touring casts, right. Broadway shows, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I never... You never in it? You never in it? No. I, I, I read for it. It went well. What did you hear? What was the big break when you were able to quit the Chinese theater? I was, actually, I was working at a, a bar called Ports, um, I got a. I actually got an educational film that went way over budget, and I made like five thousand dollars on the thing. And and I had been around for four years, and I had gotten a pilot, and had been fired from a pilot, and I'd gotten a movie, and the movie had been shut down. And so I knew that I was castable. This was, and this is 1984. And when I got that money, and I had some money saved up, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna. Do, this is it. This is the year, and I'm gonna. This is gonna happen. And so I'm, I'm gonna do theater and get people to see me in theater and all that. And and that happened. That worked. Yeah, it worked out. Uh, and I got that Spencer show. The, the oh, Chad Law. Yeah, that was a great show. I remember watching it. Didn't he? Uh, With the Grant Hesla, the guy Academy Award winner Grant. Yeah, Grant. Grant. Yeah, there's a lot of great people in that yeah. show. And he was it. Is it true that he's the one who decided to stop doing the show? Yeah. Chad, what was that like when you finally get your big break and the stars like what? Oh. Yeah, Chad Lowe walked off the show. No. Yeah, yeah, because he, you know, because every all of his friends were doing movies. Oh my. And he was doing TV, which was at the time the kiss of death. But it was a hit show. It was it was on its way up. We were like in the time like forty in the ratings, which was at the bottom. But mm-hmm. we were going up like ten places every week. Yeah, and he walked off the show because he wanted to be in movies. And so then they recast it with Ross Harris, who was in. Uh, airplane he was the kid that the pilot said ever seen gladiator movies <laughs> right. oh my that god true? that's such a bummer yeah. you know that is something we were living together then we were we were roommates then were we yeah, you know there. something that is different than it is <laughs> you were there yeah. you were consoling him when yeah. it happened no you couldn't pay the rent that much um but but that is it, in those days if you were doing television yeah. you were not allowed to do movies there was yeah. some sort of unspoken rule about that yeah. and in fact i had this is another talk about the one-legged man in the butt kick- kicking contest. <laughs> I had people taking me out to watch movies, saying they wanted to do a TV series with me. I had multiple offers, right. and I didn't want to do it because I wanted to be a film actress and a rock star. Uh-huh. Now I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> I'm coming in. What I'm in. exactly? Can you imagine? Tell them. Can you mind telling the story about when you went to work on High School USA? Oh, that's a good. Right. And this is you the, drove up. Right. This is the TV series I was pilot. I was fired from. Like I've, I, I had done this movie that had gotten shut down after three days because the producer was wanted by the FBI for raising money for movies and then absconding. <laughs> but he was actually going to make this movie. And so then I'd been out for four years, and I finally got this pilot. And there was a TV movie that NBC did with all of the network stars, Michael Fox, Nancy McKeon, whoever else was a network star at the time, Dana, the, the Dana Plato and those guys. And so it did really well, this TV movie, because all the network stars weren't. So they said, well, let's make a pilot of it. And so Crispin Glover and, what's his name, uh, Michael Zorek, were played these buddies. And Crispin Glover is amazing. He was ama- did this weird German expressionist thing, and he... he and we were all in class together. So I, I knew Crispin and it was just this, he's this crazy guy. And 
understatement. <laughs> so, but he didn't want to, like everyone, he didn't want to do TV. He didn't want to do TV. So I read for the part, did my own sort of spin on the thing, got the gig. And so we're shooting. And then three days into it, I show up at work. And always I see suits come to the set and they're always talking to the producers and directors. And Go- Googie Gress was the other guy who got the part with me. And we're like, don't fire us, don't fire us. Ha, 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 ha. And the producers and directors are like, okay, we won't. <laughs> oh, man. So apparently the network said, if you want any chance for the show to go, mm-hmm. you'll get Crispin Glover back. And so they paid him at that time, which was a lot. It's a lot now, 35 grand for a week and no commitment to do the series. Wow. And so they fired me. But what would happen is I show up and I go to my my honey wagon my veal feeding cubicle and they have your <laughs> your name on there and they were the ad was writing c r i s p i showed up and like chris and she covers it up and oh goes, no uh dory wants to talk to you like what okay well let me put my stuff in she goes, no, 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 okay so i put my stuff in i go and i get fired and so that, oh isn't that brutal? that brutal brutal but then i called my dad i had my manager call my dad because my dad like two weeks before it said you've been out there four years time for college oh wow. was that was that the deal did you have a deal with your, your no folks? but apparently i did um, yeah in his mind in his mind and you know he was he was worried because i'd been four years and all you guys were doing great and i was not and uh so, did you hear that? You hear that a lot. Like when one of your friends made it, he's like, "Look at that." No, it no. He had, he had kept his mouth shut pretty well for four years until he, until he, this happened. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, as a mother of a 17 year old, how difficult that uh. would be. To have a kid, you know, my son, my oldest boy is into music, wants to be a music producer. Well, when I was in the music business, never once did I ever ask a music producer what college they went to. Mm. Never once. It was always about who have you done? Let me hear your your work. Let me, and which is kind of a beautiful thing because I love when the best guy gets the part. Mm -hmm. And in in terms of music producing, a lot of times the best guys get those parts. And so, now my son's a senior in high school and I know intuitively what he should be doing, which is he likes rap music and pop music. He should be going out to nightclubs every single night and he should be making music every single day. So, uh, <laughs> that's not Stanford. <laughs> that's no. not UCLA. No. That's no. not biology. And let's meet at the quad and march in the political parade or whatever, you know? Right, right. So it's a, it's a, an interesting ride for my husband and I, who also has regret about having taken the path that we took. Which is, you didn't go to college either. No, and he didn't either. And we have some regret about that because the truth is when you sit in a room full of college graduates, there's a little voice in the back of your mind that's like, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. Uh, yeah, but that, you, you can can't, get over that. As a college graduate, that's ridiculous. Like, I are never you even, a college graduate? Yeah. I mean, but see, college graduates five still years. have that problem. Well, yeah, I don't have that because I graduated. That's five years of my life. Yeah. What is your major? What you... I major in theater arts. Uh, well, Where? In uh, SUNY New Paltz. Ah. If, I, if I pay for college for my son, it's not going to be for theater arts. No, uh, it's that's a cool <laughs> no. You want him to go to class? That's well, what I we read, did. I read plays, analyzed plays. Like that was my mm. hook. No, you still won't buy that. Still, I could do that. We could we could sit around. And what would you plays. do then? Well, what what's an acceptable? I'm not going to pay forty kid? grand a year for my son to sit around and read plays. Sixty. Six, six. A Cal Arts is sixty this year. Wow. <sighs> 
<laughs> is that crazy? Isn't that something? Boy, I hope he's a good musician or something. No, I mean, I'm, he's not, you know, that's what we're we're yeah. trying to, what I want to do is, because I, I, I want him to go to a school so that he can play music all day and go out all night. Right, right. I feel like an art school is the way to do that. Um, but I'm torn about it, to be honest of with course, you. Of course, of course. It's a really interesting thing to have your kid be an artist because that's certainly not what we did, and yeah. we landed on our feet. I was yeah. I went to SC for three weeks and dropped out. Why did you even go? Um, because all my friends did. Right. That's uh-huh. you know that's the truth. And you know I have to tell you that I loved uh, having a place to go that September. This is what I tell my son. I was like, when September rolls around and all your buddies are packing up to go to college, and you're looking at Foot Locker. Right. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. It can get you can yeah, get hopefully. depressed <laughs> and hopefully. Right. So you go to Foot Locker at nine in the morning. You work till five in the afternoon, six o'clock, close up. Then you come home, you have dinner. Then you get ready to go out. You go out f- 10 o'clock till three in the morning. Then you have to wait. When do you make your music? Right. Mm-hmm. When does that f- fit in that equation? That's that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out for my son right. because you know that thousand what is it ten thousand hours you know right. he puts that time in can put that time in right. has the capacity being a guy who does computer music you right. know what i mean he can do it on his own and the only thing that i've been able to come up with is uh art school but the thing is 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 he'll he'll get that he'll make that music no matter where he is if he wants to do it he'll do it but in school i'm not worried about your son you're not worried about not, my kid? Not at all. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I am worried. Was I it get weird? it. I, I get it. I believe it. Sorry. Were you, was it weird for you when people went to college and you didn't? What did, what yeah. did you do? I, I you came to L.A.? I, I, was, I escaped from Norman, Oklahoma. I got out here as soon as I could. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I spent a summer in Oklahoma drinking and fucking and then came out here. Drinking no fucking. No effing. On this show, he no, said, you know, you can say, you can say fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you see how I did my clean cut? I know, I, I know, it was weird. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was great. I, I thought it was more creative. Our listeners who can spell, they were like, "What? Wow. Shy? <laughs> 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 this music, this, her movies are shy." <laughs> no, very, I just, I just moved out here. I, I had to come out. But yeah. wouldn't it have been easier for you to go to SC f- with uh, no, your buddies, I Eric I was, and Tony? Well, your dad had paid for SC, then you would have. Well, if I had taken the, if I had taken my SATs, if I had cared about going to college at all my my the one great thing my mom said to me was when i dis- said i wanted to be an actor i wanted to move to la and everyone else was saying don't do it go to college have something to fall back on i said no i'm gonna go i have friends who are doing commercials and stuff and i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do it too she said you should go because if you don't you will always wonder what would have happened if you had if you had done it right and it was the best advice I ever got, or maybe the worst. I don't know. Maybe she just wanted me out of the house. But that's what I did. So I had to go. I had uh-huh. to see what happened. And I did. And and the rest but, is some sort of history. I but know. there still was a point where your parents were like, all right, you went, you checked it out, now come back to college. My dad, my, my parents were, were divorced. So my uh-huh. dad, who was a high school teacher who had, was a, had tried to be an actor and did not oh, do okay. well. So he was, was living vicariously through me. Uh, How so, was that when you became... When weird. He, it was weird. Will he come out he, to set? Like or? last two years ago, he finally said, "I'm really proud of you." Oh, oh that's nice. That's yeah. great. Yeah, but it was. I was talking to a friend of mine about making a documentary about the horrible things your parents said about your work. Oh my God, I can do oh, that. Oh God, <laughs> I could do that too. <laughs> Jesus, why don't you do any good movies? Oh yeah, the mom career advice. I, oh. I call it mom career oh, advice. Oh, that's great. Which is, uh, you know, Tom Hanks did bad movies. 
and then did good stuff. You should do movies like Tom Hanks. Why don't you call them? Right. <laughs> oh, good, good, good thinking, Mom. Call it good advice from Tom. Yeah, a friend of mine, she came out, she's a comedian, and her dad said, uh, oh, from the Midwest, you know, just go in and say, I'm going to work really hard. She's like, where am I going to go in yeah. and say, I'm going to work really hard? Yeah. Well, a friend of Packer's uh, brother-in-law, when Seinfeld was going off the air, he said, so, uh, you know, Seinfeld's going off the air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going to be, they're looking for a show to fill that slot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you should come up with a show, call them and say you have a show as well. There's a lot of people trying to fill that slot. That's why you're going to be a fucking loser. Oh, oh really? Yeah. David Packer, are you guys still hanging out? I haven't seen him in a long time. He's an old friend of old ours. Friend. He's so yeah, funny. Sweet guy. Yeah. Uh, can I tell this one funny Please, thing about yeah, David yeah. Packer? We, we would go to all these parties. Remember those parties we'd go to? You would have loved them because maybe you were even there at some of them. But those parties up at uh, Sheehan's house when oh. people would do the wrestling. Yes, and yeah. I forget, one of those parties, God, they were fun, weren't those were they? Fun parties. God, that we would do fake wrestling. Oh, know. really? Yeah. Championship wrestling. Championship yeah. wrestling. Oh, that's awesome. Chris Penn broke a table. Yeah. yeah. It was uh. so funny. You just laugh your asses off. It was just so It was so someone's fun. house and you got to do wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah this but... little tiny stilt house in the hills. Mm -hmm. just, yeah. He threw these great parties. Yeah. They were so fun. Anyway, Packer was there once and he took some of those lemon cookies and he put like some of the powdered sugar <laughs> on his nose <laughs> and he walked around. I watched him just like, hey, what's up? And everyone's, you know, Half the room's jacked up, you know, back in those days. Just like, dude, man. Wow. You know, with their jaws going back and forth. And, you know, he was so funny. You he know, was funny. It's funny about him. all the cocaine in the 80s. I, I stopped drinking and doing any sort of drugs when I was in 1981. Mm -hmm. So I'd missed all of that. And I didn't know that everyone was high. Is everyone was high. Everyone I'm telling high. you. Well, you, were, you were everyone. <laughs> I was, uh, what did you think of me drinking and doing drugs when we lived together? Uh, everybody drank and did drugs, so well, I It just care. didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was everywhere around you. you everywhere, and I, I could tell drunk because I had a lot of experience with drunk, but cocaine and all the other stuff, I have no idea. So, oh, they're just talking fast about their screenplay for three hours. <laughs> cool. That's interesting. So, so you, that's right, you didn't do any drugs or drinking no. through that whole time that we lived together no. and, and it, we just accepted did you ever have struggle with that no did so anyone you, ever give you shit about it yeah yeah all the time i don't understand that what, what kind of things do people say like what's wrong with you did no. i say that no so good no no you're too okay. high <laughs> <laughs> i remember once coming home we lived on the, in this uh, apartment on marietta in the valley and there was a swimming pool in the middle of the complex now filled in it is filled yeah. in yeah and I came home, and it's the dead of winter, and I remember I was like sweet, like having a little trouble walking, and I m flung my keys into the pool. Oh no. oh, no. And so I knocked on the door, and you let me in. I'm like, I put the keys in it. Oh. So the next morning, I put on my bikini had <laughs> to dive in <laughs> the disgusting water uh, to get my stupid keys. There was no thing? But I don't know. Remember the guy <laughs> with the, the pool? No, I will some the guy. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They were doing coke the whole time. You didn't do any of it? Until now, None? you had no idea. No idea. They were they were dealers, dude. Wow. No I idea. found it. I could smell it. <laughs> <laughs> you could smell the, the Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Because I everyone sort of knew I didn't, it never no one ever really offered me any or did anything like one person might if i came to some social social situation and then i guess word spread like 
he's he's clean done do you That's think that right. do you think that hurt you no no do you think it hurt you the amount of drugs you did well i got fired <laughs> off a movie for being drunk yeah what movie is that uh Drunks. jersey girl Oh, it's called Kevin Jersey Smith? Girl. I don't know. I never saw it. <laughs> yeah, wow. I got fired. Yep, I um, and they they fired me. I I couldn't wow. stop drinking. Is basically what happened. And uh-huh. so the next day, I was hungover. I missed the costume fitting. Missed the the read through. That's what you do on the first day of shooting. And then called everyone. Sorry, man. Sorry. You know, very full of myself, and they were like, "Well, we have a costume fitting for you. You might as well go to go do that." So I went on the costume fitting with Jamie Gertz and Aida Turturro. She was in it, and I went on this costume fitting. Everything I tried on, they were like, "Great!" And everyone was kind of weird and distant, but they needed time to be able to fire me to figure out, yeah, to hire who was going to replace me, and also pay or play or you know these kinds Mm -hmm. of issues. But I was fired. And everyone knew it through the wow. down to the costume people, wow. the hotel people, and that's a that's a painful thing to think that there's all these people knew that I was fired before I did, and I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, well, what do you think of this? And how about this spitballing about my character? Right. And then I remember uh, seeing Jamie Gertz sitting on a wall by the hotel when I got back from my costume fitting. And I was like, hey, man, sorry I got so drunk last night. And she didn't even look at me. And she kind of shrugged and twisted her arm up in the air like not even looking at me. Sort of a farewell, a goodbye wave. Yeah. And then I got into my room and and, uh, I was fired. And it was a long walk with your three months worth of clothes through that hotel room, back to the car, the waiting limo. Was it pay or play? I don't think, my agents were like, we're not going to go fight for this. Why would we want everyone to know that you got fired for being a loose cannon and a drunk? (laughs) But the beautiful thing is that that's what it took, and I turned my life around after that. That That, was it? That that was was it. Love point, character love point. That's my, that's, that's, <laughs> that's when it. I turned it around. As I, I never wanted to do that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Silver was. montage. And, you know, my life, it it's changed my life. the bottom of the bed. bottom of the glass. Uh, we just need to settle up your incidentals. <laughs> it's bottom of my love, good night in town. Sugate handle breaks. <laughs> no, I'm coming home. I'm, I'm, I'm coming home. Yeah. Give me, give me. Pulls up. Make it a double. It's mine. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. The pilots that ask that we not serve impression. you anymore. Yeah, that's, that's every movie that you could... Yeah, that's the movie about your life. Hi, I'm Asta Paredes from Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1 and 2, and you're listening to Proudly Resent. Make a comment or suggest a film at reachadam at mac.com. Join us on Facebook if you like the show... Put the episode up on your Twitter, Facebook, stumble upon, dig, you know, all those things. I'm Eddie Pepitone, and my Twitter account is at Eddie Pepitone. What is the wow. one thing that people remember? I guess, is it well, summer school? Summer school, and for you? Uh, Murphy's Law with Charles Bronson, probably. Oh, what? I would uh, say ER. I get, I get a lot of people yeah. want to talk ER. about they say, say ER. Oh, or Cop so Rock. I did Cop that. Rock. Cop Rock. Yeah, they just put out an article about that being the most bizarre show ever. Is that right? Yeah. I think that I really believe that in the few uh, moments when it worked, mm-hmm. it was a little bit of, of genius. It was pretty great. Well, the, the good stuff was amazing on that yeah. show. Bad stuff was, oh, wow. Was, was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
And again, you know, just cocaine. You got to think cocaine. I think a lot of your movies were finance were written on cocaine, right? Oh, come on. Well, one of my movies was not written on cocaine. What was that? Ski School 2, or Ski School had no script. Basically. Is that true? Yeah, you started they, the improv movie. Yeah, we started the improv movie. Not they, on purpose. They had sold the the title to yeah. distributors, Ski School. Oh, That's cool. That's a great t- and the poster, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so they had four months to make the movie because they wanted to get it out by the the the, the winter of that year. And so they they had a script that was good enough to show people. And the character, I really liked the character because at the time, everyone was making these very important movies. And here was a movie called Ski School about drinking and fucking in uh-huh. the snow, and I thought that's I like that. That's a, <laughs> that's a good that's a good thing. That's what we need to we need more of that. Right. And they offered it to me, which was even better. So, but we got up there, and there was all this there was this romantic story with the the my character and these other guys. We were all sort of minor characters. Did they pitch it to you? Or they, no, there was an script? actual script. There okay. was an actual script, and there was some, like I said, there was some pretty cool stuff in there. But it didn't towards like the third act. Like well, I'm not sure what's going on here. Uh-huh. I'm not. I don't know. So we got up there, and the guy playing the lead guy and the romantic story wasn't really working out, and he broke his leg skiing. Oh, no. So they had. So they called me and Patrick Laberto and Stuart Fratkin up to the hotel room and said, "All right, let's come up with some scenes." And so we came up with funny ideas that we thought. And they shot them, and then when we finished the movie, then they cut all these scenes together, wrote another script, and then we shot some connective stuff in the fall, and then the rest is... Wow, that's kind of... I love the idea of that, the process of that, to... To be in the moment, to have like to get to work out scenes yeah, with yeah. other actors, and then after the fact, cutting in yeah. connective scenes. And it's stuff that That's people like too. To like there are it. these scenes, like the birth of the Lombada, because the Lombada was really big at the time. So <laughs> <talking> about, <laughs> it made no sense right. in a ski movie about the Lombada yeah. and helium theater and all this stuff. And there was one scene, and I'm gonna put this in a movie someday. I, I swear, this is this is how I wanted. I pitched the movie to start. This imagine you're, you you put in ski school. Mm-hmm. And you open up, and it's a battle in space. Right? There's a space battle going on. There's ships going, and you cut it into the bridge. And I'm sitting in the bridge in a pilot chair, old age makeup. And the camera's going in, and my ship's going down. And the camera's moving and moving in. And I get really close, extreme close up, and I go, I remember ski school. <laughs> and then you just cut, <clears throat> you cut to the, the movie, and never reference it ever again. <clears throat> and they they rad. were gonna. They thought about doing it, but it was too expensive to do. Oh, really? To do the God. shoot? Yeah. Oh, you have to do all that CGI stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and in 1992, that was... But they would have done... It. Was it anything because it was funny or anything to fill up an hour and a half? The Any, oh, anything to fill up time. Yeah. Yeah, it was any, anything. Because oh, I think that would be a great opening. And what did you guys That's... want to do for ski schools, too? Or what was They the... actually had a script for that. Oh, they did? Because yeah. they had some money from <clears> yeah, ski they had, school yeah. one. Where did you shoot that? Beautiful Whistler, British Columbia. Beautiful where? Whistler. Whistler. Yeah. Oh, wow. Side okay. of the Olympics. And you did yes. a movie that I'm uh, reading a lot of like fans, uh, Rockula. Rockula. Yeah. Rock, I am Rockul. Rockula. Yeah, Rockula. Wow, Dan. Yeah. When did you do that? That was, I guess you were high. <laughs> were we living together? No, no, no. Oh, God. Uh, no, this was like, was, oh, uh, no. That too? And Spencer? You know, you know what? A2, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, I don't know, 90, 90, that was the third movie. Third movie. And what was the pitch for that? 
uh, vampire, rock and roll vampire. Rock and roll yeah. vampire. But that was cool. I got to write songs and I got to play guitar. I, yeah, I wrote songs and oh, yeah? all that. And uh, the, the great moment in that was Bo Diddley was in the movie, right? Wow. Yeah, Bo Diddley yeah. was in the movie. And and uh, we did this one shoot with this song. The song I wrote is the last song in the movie. And we're leaving. And Bo Diddley is behind me. And I hear him say to Susan Tyrell, who was also in the movie, he goes, this movie might be good after all. <laughs> oh, did cool. he play on any of your shit? No, no. Oh, they had all these artist deals. They couldn't, like Thomas Dolby was in it. They couldn't actually play music in the movie. So, you know, what's great about me and Dean living together is that um, we really did pursue our passions. We took, yeah. we were in class, we were writing songs. Like we were, there was always stuff coming out yeah. of our house, and that was just the way we lived. Right, and that's why I think your son will be fine because. You know, I was working what forty hours a week, making three sixty five an hour, and managed to still fit in time for being creative and stuff. That's true. That's true. Because when you're young, you forget. Now you've got all these responsibilities. He doesn't have any really. You no. Know? He's just no. got his response to himself and to be a producer. That's a good music. point. The trick is, as a parent, to let your kid out without a net right. and but, to have him go because I don't want him to live in our household right. but I wanted to t uh, tell Spiegelman <laughs> we're waiting long enough to get out um, when Dean and I had decided to live together when are together, we going to start recording the podcast by the way oh. <laughs> about 10 minutes <laughs> okay, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Dean and I decided to live together I was doing a movie somewhere and you said I'm just going to find a place and again, ignorance is bliss. I never had any specifications. You could have found a place in <laughs> right. in Newport Beach, and I'd have been fine with yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. He found a place in Sherman in the Valley, yeah. and we just moved in. It was uh -huh. you had already picked out your room, and right. it just seems funny to me. Like that would probably not happen today. Yeah. Yeah. I would care about where we right. lived. Well, I gave then. you the room closest to the bathroom because you were a girl. Right? Oh, that's oh, sweet. That nice. And it was a bigger room, too, I think. Remember the time I um, I got sick of being the guy that always buys the toilet paper? So, Dean, <laughs> I wanted to see how long he would go without buying toilet paper. So, he went through all the napkins in the house uh -huh. and all the paper towels. And then, finally, when he knew that I had had my own stash, <laughs> oh. he bought a giant box. Giant. A case. <laughs> Just Filled it with rolls and rolls of toilet paper. And I was like, oh, that didn't satisfy. That no. didn't teach no, him didn't a lesson. We had toilet paper for a long, a long time. time. Yeah, <laughs> that worked. That worked out for you. Yeah, what is that like, moving in with a guy, a guy that age? We were such good friends. I don't know how. How did we end up I think being, we living together? Uh, we both needed a place. Jill, I remember Jill Bess was moving out. We lived together in Santa Monica. Her we sublet oh, her place. K-Bess. K-Bess, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a summer in Santa Monica. How'd you guys meet? Through Eric Stoltz, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. <clears throat> you were dating Eric Stoltz. I was dating. Well, what? Yeah, well, I was in high school. Who wasn't? Wait, I, was I know, right? You, yeah. Yeah. And he was Good Eric's MD. best friend, and then, uh, yeah, that yeah. was how we. And he, and vying got... for Eric Stoltz's attention. Yeah, well, you know? we had the same managers and mm -hmm. all, that uh -huh. stuff, all that stuff. But that was an interesting thing that when we, when you moved in with K, when Kate sublet her apartment to you yeah. and I. I don't even remember how that was I when we first got. You know, moved I in needed together. a place or something. Yeah, I think you were studying, came into the loft or something, and ah. I, I so I was talking about the loft. It was oh, that's what those were the days. Those were the days. It was magical. I think it was a magical mm -hmm. time. There's old. There's some old pictures that you post yeah. sometimes that are really neat that warm my heart because for me. It was so special. Yeah. Like, no. everyone in our class was so smart and it talented. Was an acting, the it was loft, an acting school. Yeah, the loft yeah. was in an acting 
conservatory class sort of modeled on the actor's studio in New York by uh, Bill Trailer and Peggy Fury, this husband and wife. Um, and it was, it's on La Brea, it was on La Brea, and you would go four days a week, two hours a day uh, for four days a week. And two of the days you do watch scenes, and then the other two days you do sensory work, um, which is not what it sounds what like. It? What is it? it, it Method acting it, it, kind yeah, of exercises that get you in touch with, I think, your imagination. Yeah, and also but mm-hmm. we'd also do improvisation, which is not like comedy improvisation, but just set up scenes. It was the whole their whole point was to make us director proof, so we could direct ourselves. And and if we got on a set because they were working actors, and so if you got on a set, you would be able to navigate uh-huh. and not. Well, like what? What do you mean? Like, well, not rely on a director or a script to to have to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, you could come up with your own juice, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That that, was, that's a really w- good way of putting and, it. Uh, yeah. So, and they were great. And the, the, what I thought was the best thing about it was we would do eight week sessions, all studying the same author. So we do eight weeks of Shaw, or eight weeks of Sam Shepard, or eight weeks of of uh, Tremblay, or whatever, and. So everybody was working on the same problems mm-hmm. with the same scenes, and you'd see someone else make the exact same mistakes you were making, and talk about it. And so everybody, it was really cool. It was a really neat, neat environment. It really was, and they didn't accept everybody. You no, had to go right. in, and you didn't have to audition. They'd, you just go in and talk to them, yeah. uh-huh. and they'd pick you. And it's amazing the percentage of people that became working actors out of the Loft Studio yeah. from our from our era but not it, necessarily it was pretty huge stars, surprising but people who are just still working still working yeah. working people that make a living as actors yeah. which is an amazing thing yeah. you know um here's something that i think is interesting i think it's really Let's hard to make a living as an actor today yeah. At, yeah whereas when we started out you got paid a lot more money yeah. and there were less the opportunities right. right but i feel like uh if you were trying to support a family uh, you know on your income alone it's almost impossible. They they put all your scenes into one day right. and pay you seven eighty nine nine yeah. fifty. Oh, explain that people don't know. Like if you were on one week of a on if you were on NCIS, if you got the yeah, if you're call. on NCIS, you, you you can make I think what eight grand or something if you're top of the show co star. I don't think it's eight grand or six. I think it's I think it's forty five hundred. So you think it's six? <laughs> Maybe if, I don't know. Maybe me, they're like that's for, for as, that's all the money well for women. It's have. it's for women. Obviously, it's uh, less. Well, they can't handle all that <laughs> money. Exactly. Well, because all the all the uh, tampons <laughs> and so um, I mean, got to furnish those. But um, <laughs> but no. But yeah, back in the day, you know, I I didn't work a lot. What I work, which is annoying, but I did work on was always on HBO, so people thought I worked a lot. Uh-huh. Oh, turn yeah. on HBO and go, oh, Dean's working. No, it's, it's a, the same it's movie. a shitty movie I did five years ago. Uh-huh. But you, you know, you work three times a year, and you can make a you know nice middle class, forty, fifty grand a year, sixty grand, and be you'd be okay. Uh-huh. Um, but now, nope, you know, they put all your scenes into one day, uh-huh. and, then and they pay you a day rate, a day rate, which is maybe seven or eight hundred bucks. Which and if you used to do a Touched by an Angel, uh, any of those old shows, you'd get twenty two, twenty five grand for the week. So I did anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never made twenty five grand on that. No, but I, I, you can on Touched by an Angel. They were paying bank. Is that coming back? Yeah, it looks like Dean must have made some money. I'll be on that show. Yeah, is there something you'd want to, you'd want to go back to? Something you'd want to change? Like if you can go back, if you watch yourself now, everything. Seriously? Like, like what? Everything. I just, I, I wouldn't have worked. 
I, I look what? at my I look at my old work I, at my old work and I think I I tried too hard. At what? I would have relaxed my performances oh, okay. a little bit more. Uh huh. That's it. Oh wow. Yeah, and and then on the whole other side, I, I wrote. I was always writing and stuff, and but at the time, it was like no 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 no. You're just be an actor. Just be an actor, and um, I would have pushed more to write and direct. Oh, me too. And and, oh, absolutely. and it, even though it was really hard then because there were no video cameras to just go Learn. shoot stuff, um, I would have used the money I had instead of living in a nice apartment and lived in a crappy apartment and just financed some short films. You had a good car there for a while too, a so fancy car. Uh, well, I've, that uh, Nissan, that thing was sleek, and you drove Toyota. up, I'm like, look at you. That, yeah, that was the car Paramount bought me. Nice. Like say, yeah. <laughs> that was great. That well, was, was funny. Was that your first big thing you bought what was some of the crazy yeah 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 that, i didn't really buy anything crazy except for a car and i needed a car mm-hmm. um but it was sweet it was a nice car it was something it was 20 grand it was i know a, but to me it's no it, just it was a really it was a really nice looking car it was an old toyota convertible like uh-huh. one of the first ones it was very pretty car and that was your fancy la thing i would have definitely have written and directed more in yeah. my 20s and also i uh would have wanted to do stand-up i always wanted to do stand-up and oh, yeah. would have wanted to do uh, yeah, I would have wanted to. To uh, I wish I had done that. Yeah, that's I, that's what and and done the freaking TV, right. and maybe followed some of those opportunities that I pissed away because right. of something else. Anything that was offered to me wasn't good enough, you know. And I, I always wanted what was out there that was unattainable, and I regret that. That is a huge. That's what I find. It, that's what I find interesting about showbiz is if you're working with people, they. It seems like. Maybe it's just me, but instead of working with you again, we'll go, oh, maybe it's always like something around the other side. Some There might be someone else who's better or more interesting or better, and it rarely is. It's just different. But I think mm. it takes a, a certain time to realize that yeah. in any part of show business or maybe any part of anything. But, yeah, until now you realize, oh, this is what it is. Yeah, I've always felt like working with my friends is the best. I d- I've done a couple movies with some friends, and, and that's great mm-hmm. because you – you just know everything you you there's a comfort level and a, a safety there and you're not trying to prove to the director that i'm actually good and you were right to cast me and so do you I, feel like you do that when you get cast I, still, oh totally yeah, yeah I mean, so. that, but see i go crazy because i feel like i have fancy friends people who've been working in this business behind the scenes for 35 years they're kicking ass right now uh-huh. they're they're like at the top uh-huh. of their game and they are not looking at their friends right. to cast or to use in any way they're always looking at like something out there something new something fresh and it's a little bit heartbreaking right. because as an actor the same thing doesn't hold true. You do any business. You start at a law office and you do it for 35 years. By the by, your 35th year, you're a partner in that firm. Right. You know, a doctor, you're like coming into the office two days a week. You're an actor and you do that? You're old news. You're, you're old news. news. You're, oh, it's wrong. over. There's like, something wrong with you if you haven't, yeah. haven't hit. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And and it's it it's painful. Although sometimes. although I will say, and I I think this may be different for women, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but I've grew th- I've grown this beard, mm-hmm. and this beard has changed my fucking career. And I'm it's playing. A good beard. It's a it's well it's a, it's great because I'm a mortgage playing. beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's it's uh put me in a whole new category of that uh, that I was thinking I was gonna have to wait another ten years to be in. And so I'm now in old dad, grandfather, judge, lawyer, you know, those one week 
jobs that I wasn't getting the last 10 years. It's great. But I think one of the things, if you stay around long enough, they run out of people. You know, they run out of they run out of grandmas and mothers and you could have said mothers and grandmothers. <laughs> well, mothers and then grandmas. So. You could have pointed at somebody else when you said grandmother. I, I was pointing point. at that person behind you. You yeah. know what, though? You know that what I mean? brings me back to, like, when I first got my first job. I was red-haired and freckled and with a husky voice and sneakers and torn jeans. You now have put yourself into a commodity, right. you know, made yourself a commodity mm-hmm. where you look... Like a, you know, like a like a, a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know who what I am. I right. dyed my hair black, which was not my best move. And I am 50 years old. Well, 40. 45, if anyone asks. 49. 45, 40. if anyone asks. <laughs> well, 49 years old. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know right. where I fit in. I'm certainly not a hooker with a heart of gold. Right. That would be pathetic. Right. I'm not the crack mom anymore because. Right. The crack people have died. Dead. Yeah. So. Yeah. When crack went away, that ruined your career. Ruined my career. <laughs> ruined my career. Who's gonna play the crack <laughs> mom anymore? Well, you talked on on Sock the Joy about your hair. Yeah. Like, that was the. You... Yeah, that was a big thing. Losing my hair was huge. Yeah. Huge and and personally and professionally. Because, really. Well, personally, I understand it, but yeah. tell me, tell about professionally. Well, like I think that what I told, talked about on Friends, I read for Friends, went great. Waiting to hear. <laughs> I actually, this is the one I feel good about. Um, I feel. I think. I think. This is. There's it. other guy, Matt Perry's up for it, but he's no. had a deal with Fox. He's had a couple of deals, and I think they're sick of him. But, right. No, but uh, were you up said, for the Matt Perry part? I was up for the Matt Perry part. I, was I still up for am. That I still part. am. Oh, really? Yeah. I was. Um, I went to network on that Phoebe wow. part. Wow. Yeah. It was wow. between me, Pammy, your ex-girlfriend. Oh wow. And then, um, and the chick that got it. What's her name? How did that work out for her? Anyway, so uh, I I didn't get that far because I went the first one and they said, he's great, we really like him, but there's a hair issue. Wow. And because I was losing my hair. Can you tell Spiegelman that thing you told me when I was like, why are you so sensitive about your hair? You look great. And you tell me. Well, just, I, I, it's, imagine if your butt started growing and you could not (laughs) stop your butt from growing. That's what it's like. And I, what I say now is I'm fine being bald. Uh-huh. Getting there is the problem. Because it's Going just... bald is horrible. Because right. I look at pictures of myself and go, yeah, I would not cast me in anything. Because my, it, you look like you're going through chemo. Like your hair is falling oh. out. Your hair is falling out. It is escaping <laughs> your body. Yeah, I could be honest. It, it's not a big deal until it happens. Yeah, it's. Are not there big... clumps in the shower? Like no, the it just it, it's it's like a career. It just fades, and the next thing you know, it's like oh, I have mean, hair left. I don't have a career. I don't have hair. Yeah. So, no, it just goes very gradually. Is there any? Was there any thought of making any changes? Uh, yeah, I went to. Bosley Medical Group, <laughs> to, to, and those guys are like used car salesmen. Right. It was amazing. It was amazing, and I was so skeeved out by the thing. I, I remember going home and crying because Aww. they make you feel so bad. Oh, but what do they say to you? They make you feel bad yet hopeful, uh-huh. like that you really need it. Like any any salesman, they you need this product. So like, oh yeah, oh look at this. Oh, you're an actor. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you're really going to want to do this. So we'll schedule. You want to come in next week and have the procedure done? Like, no, I just came here to take. Well, let's look at your scalp. Yeah, your scalp. You, you have a loose scalp. We can do this. And what they wanted to do was cut a diamond-shaped thing out of the top of my head and then sew that together oh, to no. bring the hairline up. And I said, but I'm going to keep losing hair, so I'm going to have to keep coming back and doing that. Well, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't do that. 
don't want to do that. But I took Propecia for a while and all that, and it actually, I actually did grow a fine level of hair. Uh-huh. But um, oh, there is someone other said to me, I, I was talking about having a child and being married and my future, and my Penn actually said, he said, well, you know, maybe at some point, if you're really worried about money, that 90 bucks a month that you're spending on your hair, you can just save that. Oh, yeah, that's that's a really smart idea. Is he the bald one or the pen? No, he's the no, he's the, he's the one who plenty of hair. Yeah, the guy <laughs> oh, who still has hair one. in his fifties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it is expensive. I know. No, but, it's expensive. Uh, it's, but it's really exp- expensive. But when you have hair, it's kind of easy to be like, well, why don't you cut that out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that right? That's a but very I mean, good but point. no, but that's a good point. And I stopped. So I saw, and I let my hair fall out. And fuck it, I don't care. I right. was in a room full of women the other day. And they had said, oh, my, you know, the subject of getting their eyes done. Mm. And they's like, you have perfect eyes. You should totally do it. Look at all that extra skin. And all that three chicks look at pulling at my eyelids saying, you got all that extra skin. They would cover that because your skin is actually um, make, impeding your ability to see. Your heavy uh, eyelids. I was like, yeah. <laughs> the, do you think? I, and then I was, I was in the mirror. I'm like, horrified. This is a horrifying this book. Is, and I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't and tell I was all doing the work that. you Can you imagine yeah, like me right. getting an eye Botox. job? But, but they were like, it's really, it's you're done in a day. They cut like a <sighs> section out, and you're no. done in a day. But you don't look like yourself, no. though. That's my fear. No, 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 Actually, no. my dentist had that work done. <laughs> the and she the show, eye thing. She was showing off to me before she cleaned my teeth about right on her eyelid, like right on it. They cut. And then they took the fat out, like the bags right. in her eyes. They took the fat out that gives you the bags in your eyes. And then while she was under, the doctor was a friend of hers, and she's showing off to me about how cheap it was. He decided to do the top for free, so he cut the top too. It's so what, gross. Wait, just decided? Yeah, while she was under. While she because was Because it was under. free. And she's like, isn't that great that he just decided to do that? Wow. And you yeah. think she looked weird? I, I think she looked weird before. I don't think there's a difference. Yeah. Really? I, I, That's I, what I think about you it. Know, like, like, you can't. It only matters to you. Yeah, it matters to you, right? Because I look at before and after pictures of, of face stuff. And, you know, I, I don't well, really like see. Kathy Griffin, like she doesn't look much different. She doesn't look much better. Yeah, she you just know? looks different. Her eyes. I saw a picture of her recently, though. Her eyes are totally like the cat pointing oh. up. Yeah, then you, you get know? too much, yeah. Yeah. and then you get like Mary Tyler Moore, and oh, that yeah. was sad. That yeah. was sad. But anyway, that 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 you know, there's a lot of actresses. Our, my age, our age, that got stuff done. Yeah. They have the dead eyebrows and, you know, the weird eyes. Eyes and, and the nose thing. The no- Yeah, because I also think it's a bit of a Pandora's box. Yeah. It, like, lives in anorexia nervosa yeah. where you start thinking, like, there's not enough. Like, right. there's, you know, I'll be really pretty if right. I do this. You well, know? that's like, that. I mean, that Brazil, the movie Brazil, sort of presaged this. There's a whole scene where they're getting surgery, and then they had to get. There was a complication with my complication, and is that David Lynch? No, it's no, uh, it was Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Oh, yeah. okay. I got to see that. I it's haven't seen that. It doesn't hold up. It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? That's no. interesting. Yeah, it's what, really, what, what's it's really changed? it's obvious, bad, and boring. It's oh, so really? it's so boring and bad and just ham fisted. Oh, that's funny because wow. there's so much of it about it being re-edited and stuff. It's like, well, it probably needed it. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, 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 no you do. Oh, it, yeah, you know, yes, it, it a did. For it. it did. Like Louis C.K. Uh, did Pootie Tang movie, and he was writing all these rants about how they took the movie away from him. And then you watch the movie, and it's terrible. And you can see what they did to try to fix what he right. was doing wrong. Right. You're like, oh, oh there's a reason why they took it away from me. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Because that's interesting to, to uh, say that. Because I tried to watch Pootie Tang with my son. He loves all things rap music. Mm-hmm. 
not funny, weird, awkward, clunky, It's like a bad, bad. student film. It's a bad student film. It's sophomoric. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know this movie. Pootie Tang. Chris Rock, uh, Chris Rock had a talk show, and they came to him, and they said, why don't we take one? He went pitching movies, and they said, well, what, is there something from your talk show we can do? And they had a character, Pootie Tang, who was... Uh, they would do like political commentators and one was a guy who couldn't speak <laughs> he just talked these crazy <laughs> words and it made sense to everybody uh-huh. and they're like, what about Pootie Tang okay and they made a whole movie based on a character that couldn't talk oh he does in a <laughs> slam for the like I can't even yeah, do like, it but like in all such Ebonics like it's oh. like you... Ebonics is just random words put together yeah. sort of like yeah. a, a, a Peter Sellers movie Love Peter Sellers. The party. Chauncey Gardner. John, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, similar. What, People that? interpret what he says yeah. to mean what they want. No, but he's like, but he, they all know what he's really oh, saying. Oh, oh, I see. He, he's speaking some language. He's so cool that they get it. Awesome. But that's the whole film. And he's got, and he's it's a one superhero. Joke. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oof is right. Okay. And a lot of those Saturday Night Live. Well, that's Saturday Night Live. But, you yeah. know, they do was, that one joke and. Right. But this even wasn't even a sketch. Like, at least there's a standalone with, you know, <laughs> they have a whole storyline. There was yeah. a beginning and middle end somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at right. one point. At one point, even if it was just short. <laughs> well, then we would wrap up. Do you have any advice that you would have given yourself back then? Don't take yourself so seriously. Rule 69. Uh, rule 62. Um, Whoa, what's that? What's that? Don't take yourself so damn seriously. Oh, really? Rule 62. Um, what would be my advice? Uh, uh, say yes to the universe. Just say yes. Don't say no. Don't don't think there's something more cool. Yeah, do or, everything. Just go for it. Go, when an opportunity arises, freaking jump in with both swan dive in it and just be like, ah, I just love it. And then if you make a mistake, dust yourself off and move on. But I was so afraid of not looking cool. We were yeah. just talking about yeah. that. Yeah, we were just afraid of, we just, still we, am. yeah, I'm we sorry. still are. <laughs> I am too. And we were talking about the people that can just do stuff without any fear, even though it's kind of bad, uh-huh. and they still land on their feet, yeah. and they get listeners, and like they get people an audience. We're and... talking about you. I know, no, I but I'm really no. awkward. Except for the actual listeners, and the pointing was weird. No, yeah, no, right. no. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like you know, or we uh, Nicholas do... Cage like makes all these bad movies, but right. he's so good in each one. Like he's right. committed. He, there's n- he's not phoning it in. And no, it you know, terrible. I know. I worked with, I did one of his movies. Which one? Uh, the one? Hungry Rabbit Jumps. What? <laughs> wow. I think it was after he lost his island or something oh. like that. Oh, he so was doing that slew of movies. Didn't you but know? I worked with uh, me and uh, Harold Pirino because huh? I've done, worked with him. He's my buddy. And mm-hmm. so we hung out in New Orleans and just had the best time. Wow. Yeah, he was, uh, was oh, that's awesome. Great. He's such a neat dude. Nick Cage was You a should loft, get Harold Pirino. Oh, he was a loft guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was a loft guy. Who he was in our class. Loft, uh, Meg Ryan, Meg Eric Ryan. Stoltz, yeah, Sean Penn. No. Uh, uh, what's, uh, her, what's her face? The, uh, who? Uh, Al Pacino movie about the cocaine. Her oh, yeah, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Dee Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. You know, I saw Meg Ryan at a restaurant, and she was like, you know, I was got together with a bunch of loft studio people, and we... We were saying like, what? Whatever happened to Kathleen Wilhoit? She was so good. Oh my God. <laughs> Rough night at the old Ed DeBevix. Oh. Rough night at Ed DeBevix. <laughs> yeah, that's a long thing. walk back to your table. Thank you. <laughs> you never say to an actor, you, you still, you so you still working? Oh, do you hear that? Yeah. Every week. Yeah. Don't Three, say that. Three, four times a week. Do not say that, people. A guy I worked with ran into um, 
Steve Landsberg from Barney Miller. Oh, well, yeah. Ah. Great. He's, is he still working? <laughs> <laughs> but he said, oh, I went and I told him how funny he was. And I was like, oh, that's great. And uh, then, then I asked him, what have you been doing since Barney Miller? And I was like, Barney Miller was 30 years ago. <sighs> the guy's only, yeah, and that's exactly, I think, the face of Steve Landsberg. Deadpan went, Oi. Who said, wait, did you say what have you been doing since? No, the guy said oh. to Steve Landsberg, and you oh just God. know that the, the guy's like, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? What do you say when people say that? What do you? It hurts. I say, don't ask actors that. Uh, and then they get like, whoa. I said, no, I'm trying. You know, I can't get a job. Sometimes they catch me at a bad time. Right. I'll like give you an earful. Like that's hurtful, man. Sometimes if that I sucks. if I feel good about myself, I will say I made so much money in summer school that I've retired. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. I made well. You know, residuals from summer is like forty million dollars, so I just retired. Oh, you will be getting a check because. I work up for FXX and their channel's oh. on, and it was Mad About You was on, and oh, you were yeah. in the airplane scene. Oh, wait, that thing I wasn't was... Mad About You. I was in two of them. I was in two of them. I did two, <laughs> two. Yeah. You know why, though? Because I called Helen Hunt, and I was like, dude, I can't make my house payment. Wow. You know what she did? <laughs> Show up on Monday. Oh, that's that's a, I don't make that call very often, no. but I was in trouble. I orchestrated a letter-writing campaign. It was the early days of the internet, and I emailed everyone I knew in Oklahoma and said, please write about my character and they brought they did the guy really? in the airplane no it was before we were on an episode oh, yeah, before yeah, that okay yeah so oh, I was say, that was much they wrote us back onto the airplane because the fan really wanted it yeah because yeah. the fans really liked us that's smart and you did that because you were hurting or well, you no, were I just trying to, to do it yeah trying to get a job yeah so i didn't think any i didn't think it would happen but it did it that's actually worked fantastic. yeah it was neat have you ever done anything else like that to get work anything unusual to get a I blew a dog for wine change. <laughs> <laughs> you got that much? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I got well, a record deal just uh, chit-chatting with an A&R person in Arizona and handed him a cassette. Wow. It's like, I make these demos oh, just for fun. And she cassette. called me when she landed yeah. but that makes sense uh, for and you, said, okay, I'm on a record deal. Yeah. I, Tell I your uh, John Doe story. That's my favorite Kathleen Wilhite story. Ah! <laughs> John Doe from the band I X. did. I did this yeah. movie called Roadhouse, and um, sure. And would we talk about it on our show? In the right. Past episode, yeah. Maybe I told the story, and I I showed up for work no. one day, and um, next to my my trailer was a trailer, and on the the little sign it said John Doe on it. I thought that was so funny because at the time I was it seemed like there was a lot of people making up glamorous names for show business and the guy comes out I was like John Doe that is such a funny name that is so funny. Dean has moved away from the table. He's so embarrassed. I was like, that is so Teenage great. Dean just moved away. And he's like, yeah, you know. And we got to chit chatting, and he's like, you know, I. Uh, I said, oh, I play music, and he's like, me too, I play music too, and I was like, really? And I was like, I had a, I have a record deal on Polygram, <laughs> I had like a development deal, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm on a label too, and I was like, well, give me some of your CDs, and, and you try to help him out. Just, you know, I thought I'd throw him a bone. He's like, a oh, that's so the, the attitude was, oh, that's cute. You've got, oh, you've got a band? Oh, that's Aww. cute. You've got a little band. That's nice. He goes back the next day, 12 CDs, X, John Doe. I was like, oh. It's great. It's the greatest. When people ask me about, when people ask me what you're like, that's the story I tell. <laughs> they don't think I'm an idiot. No, it's a beautiful story. It's because you're so you. It's just, it's Kathleen's world. Oh. 
it's gr- it's a great story. And it's great that John Doe is egoless. Yeah. that he's just like, yeah, it's oh, cool yeah, enough. Like, yeah, here's my phone. She's gonna hear my music. I'm yeah. excited for her to hear it. <laughs> yeah. me on Polygram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Develop a deal. I might be able to help you out, fella. You know. Yeah, he was so nice though. John Doe's a cool dude. Yeah, he's just as you would expect. You know? Right, he's a cool. Dave played be. with him for a while. Wow. Yeah. With Axor. My husband played drums for John Doe for a while. Wow. <laughs> but what was the decision like when you're like, I'm going to do something else besides acting? At Horrible. This yeah. Yeah. That- well, I because I started temping at for you know I registered with a temp agency after I, doing all these movies. Yeah, because I could type, mm-hmm. and uh, that's awful. It is awful because people come up to you and like, hey, hey. You're, you're chainsaw. What happened to you? Wow. And because the narrative is if you're doing that, you did something, you Feldmaned out. You know, <laughs> you mm. did a rail off of, you know, Jimmy yeah. Carter's balls or something and ruined your career. <laughs> Which I have done a rail. Off of. That's the one time I tried cocaine. I, well, that's hey, a good reason not to do it again. He had fucking cocaine on his balls. How many times are you going to suck it? his heart. How <laughs> rad is it that, that Cameron, Dean Cameron comes up with you did a rail off Jimmy Carter's balls. Yeah. You rock my world. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. So, uh, yeah, so that's awful. But you, you get used to it. and well, you, he's got Yeah. Gotta yeah. pay the bills, and the but the really bad one. There was a, there there was a a job I had before. Well, I, I attempted a couple times, but I, I was working as a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's already already. Yeah, it's already horrible. <laughs> I was working as a wizard in a dinner show at oh. uh, Caesar's Palace uh-huh. in 1996, and that, my friends, was. <laughs> I can't even speak. It was the worst because I was, I had a, what do you think I was wearing? What do you think I was wearing? (laughs) A wizard suit and a pointed hat. hat. I didn't have the pointy hat. How how did they know you were a wizard? Well, it was the velvet robe with the the planets and shit on it. But I had a crown and I (laughs) I literally sang about the veal. (laughs) Right? And so, you know, People go to Las Vegas and they've seen movies and they have cable and they're wondering why, why in the world is this guy from ski school singing about our veal? And they are pissed off. They're pissed? They're, what what are you doing here? Why are you, do, what are you doing? And so for a month I said, oh, it's uh, Celebrity Week. Oh. And then I just went, screw it. I'm not even, I'm, it. I, it was an epic movie, though, as a friend of Dean's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an epic move for him because also you got introduced to Pendulette yeah, and it those changed guys, my life. and it, it changed it your life for the better for the because better. I feel like it solidified your sort of spiritual path and right. your political path right. and... Um, all I the think stuff that I was confidence hi- yeah, all the stuff I was hiding, hiding. Yeah. So, I, so again, you said yes, even though it seemed like a ridiculous. That's true. Yeah. You yeah. said it was one of those things. Yeah. And so that's, you know, to be honest, we're talking today, you know, that is a place, I'm in a place where I need to figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. I need to start thinking about branching out, shall we say, you know, uh-huh. and so my, you know, I have great admiration for what you did, you know, that took a lot of balls. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, I think we were, were we hanging out at that time? No, I don't no think so. You, was, you stopped hanging out with Dean. No, no honest. one was hanging out it with me. It was the great career crash. What do you, he has a name for it. The, the great gr- career crash of, 90, of 1995. The great career crash of <laughs> 1995. I was in doing drugs in Nashville trying yeah. to be a rock star. Right. Actually oh. having some success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. No, no one would talk to me. I had the stink of uh, desperation and failure on me. So I have that. No one was Does that come off like after a couple films or after? <laughs> no, what, what is that? No, after, not, after a couple years of not working. I was okay. just going, I was just looking at my uh, SAG pension thing mm-hmm. <laughs> the year is 1990 it was like He's 95 96 <laughs> you have to describe it for the listeners well the, oh i'm making a graph that goes high 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 91 92 and then it starts going down and then 95 and 96 are down i made five thousand dollars as an actor in 1995 and six thousand dollars in 1996 as an actor all on residuals 2013 is my worst year Oh really? Of really? my whole career. This year? That's yeah. not. That's I haven't not, had a single job. That's not too bad. Why? Well, because it's 2013. Oh, that's true. You know, Jesus. That's, that's, Why? Because now it is it's not. What? How long have you been? You've been doing 30? great. You've been doing. You've been coasting. You've been yeah. doing great for all these doing years. Doing great for and all now, years. You've won bad year in yeah. 2013. Which is this now. is my worst year. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Is it because as a person who's walking through it, uh, no, I have sucks. to practice. <laughs> right. I have to practice. It's good for me and Dean, but for you. <laughs> no, better you than me, definitely. No, no, no. Yeah, thank God. Oh. Keep it on that side of the door. But yeah. I have to practice not thinking that that's going to be the way it is. I'll drop you off at the subway. Yeah, exactly. No, but I have <laughs> to think sandwich, that though. this is a temporary thing. Yeah. I'm just between gigs. and. As far know. as you know. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. Sure. Oh, uh, yeah, Kathleen, your awesome. podcast is Suck the Joy. It's a great show. I listen every week, so everyone check it out. I really oh, do. I love oh, it. thanks. It's good, yeah, that's good. www.suckthejoy.com. And you actually don't even have to put www. You don't? No. <laughs> is that just if you've set up your... your Unless your right. AOL is set up right, you don't yeah. need to. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. your, your Comcast or whatever. Whatever yeah. your provider is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your dial-up. For, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Dean, how do people find you? Um, well, I'll be appearing at the, uh, <laughs> the Jimmy Carter, the Jimmy Carter ball, uh, snorting fest. You'll be uh, singing about veal. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, DeanCameron.com or securityedition.com is where I... What's that? That's my Bill of Rights Security Edition. Oh, can I tell this one story really fast? Go for it. I was at the airport and I see Dean the Weenie Monster Cameron up on the screen. Oh, right, yeah. And he was speaking for the Libertarian Party about his, he's, he created a credit card that has the Bill of Rights. It's about a credit I'm gonna, card I'm going to tell side. the story right. <laughs> and <laughs> the, it's because he was, uh, he's opposed to the, you know. Destruction of our uh, Bill of Rights, the Constitution. Yeah. Anyway, and with, there he was on TV. <laughs> and I freaked out. She's doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I, I was very excited. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What Kathleen is trying to say. <laughs> this is like the Pootie Tang version right now. Kathleen. Yeah, I was invited to speak at the Libertarian National Convention because I, I developed this thing called the Bill of Rights Security Edition, which is a playing card-sized piece of metal with the Fourth Amendment, which deals with unreasonable search and seizure, highlighted in red, and it is designed to set off the metal detectors at the airport. So when you go through the when you go through the metal detectors, you can actually say, "Here, take my rights." How rad is that? That's yeah. awesome. How it's, do you buy that? Uh, SecurityEdition.com. That's oh, that's, and it does okay. nothing other than get you probably on some list. <laughs> for fingering, <laughs> fingering by a government agency somewhere <laughs> in the future. List of hilarious. Yeah, no, but it's, yeah. it's a fun time. And uh, yeah. and I also have if you're if you're not as confrontational, I also have uh, uh, luggage tags 
which it just has the Fourth Amendment. And my wife came up with socks, the Fourth Amendment socks. For when they go down. Yeah, because it has a Fourth Amendment on your socks. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So if you want to get, if you want to miss your plane, yeah. they're looking through all your luggage. Yes, if you've got a couple extra hours <laughs> to spend at the airport, securityedition.com. What a lot of people do is buy them and give them to friends because they're all wussies. And they go, here, take them. I'm not oh, gonna yeah. use it, but you take them. Oh but yeah, that's a good thing to do. Yeah, the yeah. holidays are coming up. It was amazing though seeing you up there. You know, it was like a CNN scroll or right. something. Uh-huh. I was so proud of you. I was like, oh, Dave, oh my God, there's Dean the Weenie. And then they wrestled her to the ground <laughs> <laughs> in her own house. It was awkward. Everything's Proudly Resents. Go to proudlyresents.com to find links to these movies and uh, to hear Kathleen talk about Roadhouse, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great episode with Joel Stein. Patrick Swayze, we miss you. Yeah, come back, oh, Patrick. Too, man. What what is he working on? All right, thank you very much. <laughs> what? At least I didn't oh say. <laughs> Do those pictures of Michael Fox so look bad. blurry Thanks. to you? Adam, that, we're we're out of time for this interview. If you're still listening to this, you're probably a lot like me. You're the kind of person who stays through the end credits of a movie. I like you. I want to give you a present. Um, just consider this your little Easter egg. Here it is. Was your husband a good drummer? I only know him as the producer. Type. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't no, know No, he before. was a drummer for years. With, he was like... Liz Fair, right? He played with Liz Fair. He played on Beck's record. Um, he's a great drummer. You know, he was like in there, you know, he was debating he was going to be a session drummer, be in a rock band, you know, that was his whole thing. And then he got, uh, he got on the, in the band for Todd's, do you know Todd Yasui? Uh-huh. Yeah, he got, Todd was doing a show called Pajama Party and he was like the, the band leader for the talk show Pajama Party. And then he just got into production. Yeah. Yeah, Todd's hired him ever since. Yeah, Todd's been great for our family. He's that's always, that's person. the, that's the, that's. Oh, so he was playing drum. He was a band, and then he got. Now he's a writer producer on TV. Yeah, and but isn't that because personality? Same with the right, getting the record deal. How does deal. that happen? Well, because also you know I was reminding him that when he was a kid, he used to wait, go to bed at night, and then he'd wake up at midnight and watch Johnny Carson. Mm. Uh-huh. So he did have like in his heart and soul talk show fever, comedian right. comedy thing. He was always the brains of the band. But it is a situation where he wasn't going out to be a producer. Right. He just noticed on that show, like, wow, that looks like something I would like to do. And then our friend was the executive producer. He's like, you know, gave him an, a, you know, entry level gig. Right. And then he worked his, his way up, you know, and now he's on the Queen Latifah show. So. Right, like Carrie, uh, like wrote a script. And now she's running shows. Well, it appears as such, but she would tell you no. She would say that she took a writing class at UCLA, oh. that she wrote a play uh, that was produced by Jimmy, the Funny Boys, Jimmy Vallely, mm. and uh, and then he invited his agent. So he really helped her out. Uh, the agent signed her, and then she got a job, entry-level writing gig on a show called Weird Science, and then just started workhorsing her way, right. just getting on staff, getting on staff. But that's what I mean. Is that she that, created uh, uh, the new adventures of Old yeah, Christine, right. and uh, she was her showrunner on on Will and Grace, and right. she's my best friend. Yeah. So, right. um, but but you know, she's been steadily, you know, so it it doesn't feel it looks that way to no, us. No, but that's what I mean. Is, is it's not 
it's yeah, she wrote a script and now she's showrunner. But there's all this l- little stuff in between there that that's it, you, I I'm always fascinated by that. People it, took risks though. When she got yeah. Maggie Winters, it's a show they gave her. She was 38 years old. Uh, two twin babies. And... Should have been done. Yeah. 38. Yeah. Take them behind and shoot them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Careers yeah, exactly. over. Exactly. No, yeah. they, they gave her, she started running the show at that point. She's also exceedingly talented and yeah. funny. And totally but it's almost deserving. like you saying, like saying yes. Like as in, she's an, she was an actress, right? So and she said yes to these opportunities because she's a girl who lands on her feet. Her fear didn't stop her, doesn't didn't stop her from working at the t-shirt factory, from being a waitress at the Olive in New York. Like, She's one of those people that when the when her bill when her money got low, she humbles herself and just goes to work. You do that too. I did that too. uh, What did you? I've been. uh, I stopped last year, but a web programmer for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, I had see. I have great admiration for that because. I never have ever thought of myself as valuable in anything other than acting or write. I don't know what. I don't know what I. To, I'm unqualified. You have another skill. I don't know what to do, but I have these three kids, and I know that I was telling Dean today. I know that if I got a job at Starbucks, uh, the the babysitter would get more money than right. than I'd make. So that doesn't make sense either. So I have to, you know, I'm trying to figure stuff out, trying to figure out what I can do to augment my. More my, successful my, husband. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dory exactly. on the Queen Latifah show. Yeah, that's got to do all right. It, he does okay. I'm sure he does. You know, he does fine. But you know what? We uh, teenagers are so expensive. expensive. Do you have kids? I don't. As far oh, as they're you know, so expensive. As far as I know. They're, it's crazy. <laughs> well, I don't acknowledge them. Ah! <laughs> no, 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 I respect. Don't. Tyrone Spiegelman does not uh, get a lot of Well, they're half black. So. 